judging. I feel like we're always judging Aaron Rodgers. It's what happens when you're a man in the limelight to the level that Aaron Rodgers is in. I think he enjoys it. I think he's okay with it, frankly. Amber and Ian is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. No Ian Fitzsimmons tonight, though. Aaron Goldhammer stepping in to fill the void. At Hammer Nation 19, that's how you find him. At Amber W Sports, that's how you find me. It's fair that we're always judging A-Rod, right, Aaron? I, I, seven emojis. You didn't notice that with his post? Uh, 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 he, he had what, the emotional what, what is he, post. my mom? Right. Seven emojis. <laughs> Look, Amber, I don't speak in emojis. Do you know why? Because, because I, you're an have adult? These, I have these things called words. Uh-huh. And they they express how I'm feeling much better than any emoji would. So, look, I'm sure Aaron was, was feeling it a little bit as he put out that Instagram post. How many people do you think proofread that thing before he had sent? Do you, th- you, th- you think he has a team around him that's also uh, proofing the emojis? Uh, there's a lot of heart usage. I will say, I went on a deep dive through Aaron Rodgers' Instagram. Big emoji fan. The emojis go back long before the Achilles injury. He is certainly somebody who loves to use the emoji. My, my mom likes to use them just because she figured out how to use them. <laughs> and now she thinks that she's being cool and hip. Which, shout out, mom. I, uh, it, I'm not hating on it i guess i'm not judging <laughs> it seems like you are a little bit that's okay mrs Amber, goldhammer Amber, we're with you someone says they're not judging they're actually really judging you 100 so i thought it i thought in the history of instagram posts it, it's it definitely will be remembered it and i not just the emoji usage but i mean no one has ever talked about themselves <laughs> quite like Jesus, like Aaron Rodgers. Did. I will rise again. Yes. Oh, I will like, rise again. I'm like, all you, right, guy. You just like it sucks. It sucks. You popped your Achilles. I, I, I didn't realize you were Batman but, saving <laughs> Gotham, but cool for but you. Cool. He like, was I, coming to save Gotham City. So that is the voice of Sam Pierce. Sam is filling in for James Steele tonight. I was waiting for Sam to break into the show because I knew that Sam wouldn't be able to hold back. Sam is a Jets fan. And when I showed up to connect with Sam today, Sam was, I mean, just beside himself. And he said, well, I feel a little bit better because I heard from my quarterback. I'm like, well, well, yeah, like Sam, he didn't die. You know, he just... <laughs> He's just injured, man. Like he's just out for this season. It wasn't like we needed to hear him talk or we or we were going to be oh, afraid oh, that he didn't yeah, exist yeah, but, anymore. You know, I happening. guess it's surprising that it happened four plays in. That's the surprising part, right? Right. But when you put a 40-year-old quarterback behind a crappy offensive line, I mean, what do you think's going to happen? Can we stop the off? He, oh, he already disproved the offensive line thing. He, he spoke. He just took. He stood up for his guys. It's, Those are his guys. It's he did the, the truth. He did the good teammate thing. I held on. Me, he, he the held future on. Hall of Famer who's been in the league for a darn near two decades. I held on to the ball too long. I don't know how to take three st- three steps. That's the problem. It, it was not a three-step drop. Not the fact that Dwayne Brown's it. 38. Not the fact that Vera Tucker played in seven games last season. Not the yeah, fact Tucker that Mekhi Becton has hardly played in his entire NFL career. Mekhi Becton looked good that first game. <laughs> Hey, and then the yeah. whole, and then the field thing, Good, right? So I mean, it wasn't it. it wasn't Aaron's fault. It wasn't the line's fault. It was right. the field's fault. We're going to blame the poor fake grass <laughs> at for the thirty nine year old quarterback for under ruining center. for ruining Sam Pierce's life. I just think this whole thing has been played up. Look, I, I understand that the ultimate reality show and and football. This is the human drama and. 
you know, the Jets are one and zero. You know, I don't. Maybe they could do this with good special teams and a good defense. They cause four turnovers with Josh Allen. I'm ready to turn the page, but Amber. Aaron Rodgers is not ready to turn the page. No. He is going to make sure that the spotlight is on him all season long. He is going to make sure that Sam Pierce and all Jets fans can never turn the page, frankly. He's going to stay at the top of mind, even though he's not going to be under center for them. Greeny called this on his show the worst week of his life. Agreed, And Greeny. I thought... What a life. Sam Pierce, I, I mean, what a <laughs> life you two have had. If this is the worst week of your life, that Mike Greenberg has had a hell of a life. Good for him. Aaron Rodgers, I feel like, has also, frankly, had a hell of a life, even though he's having a difficult week. The Jets quarterback was on the Pat McAfee show, and he talked about what is next for Aaron Rodgers. Give me the depths. Yes. Give me the depths. Give me the uh, the timetables. Give me all the things that you think can, should, or will happen. Because all I need is that one little extra percent of inspiration. That's all I need. So give me your doubts. Give me your prognostications. And then watch what I do. That sound was all I needed as well. Oh I just like to God, point that God, that's out. so LeBron. Like... What did he say when he, Aaron, I know you know this off the top of your head, right? Where he's like, and then, unlike the hater, when he dropped the mic, oh God, what was that? After the finals win? I'm back, you know. No, it was, it was like, um, oh, and I want my damn respect. And then he drops the mic. Oh, in the bubble. Yeah. In the bubble when he won the championship for the Lakers. I, I want my damn respect. And I'm like, yo, LeBron. Who doesn't respect you? That's what these guys do. These future Hall of Famers, they come up with the faked out and the fake haters. Who is out here? I mean, the only doubt is that Aaron Rodgers is 39 years old, right? That would be the doubt that he's going to bother to come back from this thing. Also, Not he that, said that he wanted to retire. Right. Like, 50 times, you know, by the way. Like, before, he, before he went into the darkness or whatever, like, he's the one who... <laughs> this whole retirement thing so don't don't come back at me and saying I'm a doubter when I wonder off a torn Achilles at 39 whether you're going to be able to come back and I I also think this Amber just practically okay I appreciate his energy and his enthusiasm about the rehab process all of that it is really easy for him to sit here two days after surgery talking like he's Batman rising from the ashes I want to go back to Aaron Rodgers in January, November, December, the hard, dark days, and ask him whether he really wants to put his body through this again, not knowing if he'll ever be the same. Because Dan Marino tore his Achilles late in his career, and you know this, being in South Florida and being a Dolphins fan, right? I mean, he was never the same quarterback again. I know modern medicine is incredible. I'm rooting for Aaron Rodgers to come back. I would love the story of that. But I, it, it just it comes across, I guess, a little disingenuous to me. It did kind of sound like somebody wrote those lines for him, not like he was saying it organically in the moment as he was going through the show. Dan Marino was 32 years old when he tore his Achilles. Aaron Rodgers is going to be trying to come back from this injury at darn near 41 years old by the time he comes back, by the time he goes through the rehab, because I believe he turns 40 in December, coming up here in just a few months. So certainly a very difficult proposition. And then, like you said, it's the want, it's the desire, because 
it wasn't all there anyways. I mean, he said, what was it? Like he was 80% retired before he went into the darkness the season before he had toyed with the idea of retiring. So like, this is the time that all yeah. of a sudden you're right. sure you're not right. going to retire now after right. you popped your Achilles. Look, we, we know Aaron Rodgers. He wants the drama of us speculating <laughs> about whether or not he's going to retire this off season. So we're going to go through a ton of ups and downs of the roller coaster. There is one thing here, Amber, that I do believe. No great athlete wants an injury like that to be the last time they ever see the field. And I respect that and appreciate it. So I think ultimately Rodgers will play again just because I think he wants to wash the memory of that Achilles snapping on national TV four plays into his Jets career out of his mind and throw another touchdown pass and complete a ball which he has not done yet as quarterback of the New York Jets. That's fair. I also would not want my Hall of Fame career ending on that note. And that's assuming, though, that he doesn't get distracted here over the next year of rehabbing this thing, because that's part of this, too. Like, what if they're like, what if Jeopardy comes calling and all of a sudden he's like, yeah, maybe football, ah. psychedelics, you know, he starts like a mushroom plant. Sam, I'm just saying there's a lot of things that could happen to your quarterback between now and the time that he would be healthy enough to play again. It's just clear you guys don't care about my mental health at all. <laughs> I've been in a darkness retreat since Monday night, and I just come out of it, and now I'm ready to go back. Yeah, we, we've covered this. We've covered this. The worst week of your life and Mike Greenberg's life, apparently. Coming up next, why a certain rule in the NFL has everyone rolling their eyes? ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Kirk heaves it as far as he can. Down to the 25. It bounces about. It, it's knocked away. There are no flags. And the Philadelphia Eagles have beaten the Minnesota Vikings 34-28. and turnovers lost in, in two games, and we've lost by a combined nine points to two uh, playoff teams from a year ago. So clearly I've got to coach it better from a standpoint of something we talk about every single day. The dumbest rule in all of football made an appearance last night and made a huge difference in that Thursday night football game. Aaron Goldhammer filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight on Amber and Ian. You heard it there. The Philadelphia Eagles beat the Minnesota Vikings 34-28. to The Vikings did everything they could in this game 
to give the Eagles the win. And frankly, the Vikings didn't deserve to win because of how many times they coughed up the football. Nevertheless, the score would have looked very different. And frankly, the entire trajectory of the second half would have been very different, if not for the absolute dumbest rule. I would say maybe in all of sports, but certainly in the NFL, when Justin Jefferson's what would have been most likely a touchdown, he fumbles out of the end zone, does not have possession as he's crossing the plane, fumbles out of the end zone. And of course, you get the rule that inexplicably, it's not not just a touchdown. It's not just punitive. We don't, you know, go back to the 20 or something, but instead, the team that did not recover the fumble gets the football. Just gets the I, football. I, I and they march down the field and they score their own touchdown. Can anybody explain to me, based on the basics of the sport, why that's the rule? Because to me, in order to secure a turnover, you actually have to get possession of the ball. Like, this is the case in every sport. In order to have a steal, you have to get possession of the ball in, in basketball. Um in order for there to be an interception, you have to catch the ball and make a football and get two feet inbounds. I don't get how anybody could see a play like that. And by the way, this has cost teams playoff games before the Browns. Uh, I'm in Cleveland, Amber. And a couple of years ago, 2020, early 2021, they had a playoff game in Kansas City where they had a similar play, where they had a touchdown wiped off the board in a close game and the ball go back to KC. And I'm convinced if that was the Cowboys or the Packers or the Giants or some really high-profile team, that the owners in the competition committee would have gotten in a room and said, this is utterly ridiculous. It's going to take somebody losing a Super Bowl or a very high-profile play in order for this rule to change. And everybody agrees that it is really dumb. I agree with you that if it was a bigger team, a bigger market, maybe there would be more noise. But it has been in front of the competition committee before, by the way, and they have passed on changing this rule. Now, this wasn't always the rule, but it's the rule now, and it's such a stupid rule. I would imagine that the reason for the rule, and this is just me theorizing, is because you're trying to discourage teams from fumbling out of the end zone on purpose, which you could see a world where Justin Jefferson's like, you know, bleep it. I'm just going to you know, do anything I can to, to try to get across that plane. And who cares if I lose possession of the football as long as nobody's around and the defense can't recover it. So you are trying to maintain some integrity there where you're trying to institute something punitive for fumbling it out of the back okay, or the so side like of the end said, zone. Move the ball then back to the 20 yard well, line. That's, that's but, the but, answer to me. But Just give move the it ball to the, to the team that's driving down yes. to try to win the game. I agree with you because I still, I, I, I understand the concept of let's do something punitive so that that doesn't become overly prevalent either. But punitive could be all of a sudden, I mean, first of all, it could just be like, you know, you lose it down, you're going back to the two or whatever. But I think if you really truly want to make a difference here, yeah, move them back to the 20. Fine. Or, or, or because they're fumbling like, right go, there. I mean, go it's Go back still... to the spot of the fumble. Like, who cares if players are making reckless, abandoned plays to try to get to the end zone? Isn't Doesn't that make football fun? I would like, think we, it makes it more fun. Yes. I, I that we, From we, that we component of it. want to discourage guys from trying to get the ball across the plane? I thought that that was the object of the sport. Like, Well, I think you just don't want it to become part of the game plan like 
now we are actually strategizing, trying to fumble through the end zone. It is, I guess, maybe what they're from a competition Amber, Amber, I don't know perspective. if I see that because if you fumble the ball, the other team can still recover it. And if well, they do, then I understand there being a touchback. And certainly there's risk of, risk of that. The other weird thing about that play is, so you're telling me if Jefferson then falls on it, okay, before it goes out of bounds, it's a touchdown. But right. because it rolls out of bounds, mm-hmm. it's a turnover? It's the like, stu- <laughs> That part I do not. It's the stupidest thing I don't get. And you mentioned in every other sport, and including, by the way, in football, you have to, as a defense, actually take possession of the ball that gets, yes. you know, th- yes. the interception, the fumble. What's funny yes. is it's Hence anywhere- the term turnover. Right. Anywhere else on the field with a fumble, that is true. Anywhere else on the field, if you fumble the football out of bounds on the 50, the other team doesn't automatically get it. It's just if you fumble it out of the end zone. Why? Why that component? It doesn't. Is is this the rule? The other thing I'm wondering, maybe we've got some officials or something on their way to a high school football game listening to this conversation. But it's like, is this the rule in high school and college also? Of that, that if, I would have that, to research. That if you fumble into the end zone and it goes out of bounds, because we've seen this in the NFL a few times, and every time everybody as a chorus in unison on Twitter says, this is the dumbest rule in sports, and yet the NFL is going to wait and wait and wait until it costs somebody a championship to finally go and fix the rule. Evan Cohen, he is the co-host of Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio in the mornings. He was going off about this rule. The fact that the other team gets the ball without possession is the dumbest rule in sports. I'm talking about on field, on court, on ice. I'm talking about the X's and O's of sports here. It is the dumbest rule. For whatever reason, the NFL has decided that if you're going in to score a touchdown and you fumble the ball out of bounds, that for whatever crazy reason, the other team gets the ball (laughs) without ever having possession. It makes absolutely no sense, and you cannot find a rule in the NFL or any other sport that is dumber than this rule. I think it might be the dumbest rule in sports. I don't know every rule in sports. I'm not dumb rule. But like, I, I, I don't know. Like that was obscure. This actually happens a lot. Amber yeah. is is the other thing. Somebody might say, "Ah, this isn't really going to affect." No, it's. I'm telling you, it has cost teams playoff games in the last five years, and it cost a team of. I mean, I, I really believe if they put that ball back at the one yard line, or if Jefferson scores, I think the Vikings might win. I so agree I, with you because it changed it the entire the momentum of the, of the game. game. Yeah, the yep. Eagles end up going up by three scores. I think after that point, the Vikings claw their way all the way back. I was impressed, by the way, with the Vikings' tenacity last night. They never gave up, frankly, even when they probably should have. But that game, the trajectory of it, it changed on that play. And Justin Jefferson was going to score if he had gotten more opportunities to do so. It should not have been so punitive that the Eagles get the ball back and then Jalen and the crew just march down the field and score a touchdown. It was ridiculous. We always love when you join the conversation here on Amber and Ian. Aaron Goldhammer filling in for Ian tonight. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Alex calls us from Chicago. Hey, Alex, what's your solution for the touchback rule? What's up, Alex? Hey, what's up, guys? Um, so I think the best way to do it is don't give them inside the red zone. So start at the 25 for every down. So you fumble it on first down, it's 25. Fumble it on second down, you go back to the 30. Third down, 35. That way it kind of punishes you for each mistake, but also gives you an opportunity still to progress to some sort of first down. Yeah, but I don't hate that. it should be that. first and goal from the 20? 
and the 25 and well, the no, 30. So he's is saying, that what we're like, saying? Well, he's saying so that you're discouraged from fumbling it from the five-yard line. And, like if you're fumbling it from the five instead of the one, uh, then it's more punitive. So in other words, depending where you are when you fumble the football, how far back from the end zone you are, as I believe what I, Alex was I suggesting. I just don't know that anybody really, Amber, is fumbling on purpose. Have we ever seen this? Have we ever seen an no, NFL? No, but, but we don't see it because of the touchback rule, right? And, and so it, could there be this world where people are on purpose putting that in their game plan and that's what – this rule is meant to prohibit, although it has become too prohibitive. Because here's what's crazy about this rule, too. It's not just that the other team gets possession. It's that the other team gets possession at, with, with the removal of 20% of the field for them, right? right. I mean, so, that's so, also well, what's I mean, crazy about this If they get the ball, at least back them up at the one-yard right. line. Like, that's the crazy... Like Amber, Amber, you're making my head hurt <laughs> because the more I think about this rule, the dumber... The, during this segment, the rule just got even dumber. I don't know if that's possible for this rule to get even dumber. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, there will be more reaction to the touchback rule to last night's game and to a packed NFL Sunday coming up. Amber and Ian's on ESPN Radio. Aaron Goldhammer filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. Amber and Ian is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. We have been reacting to... The worst rule in sports, which we saw make an appearance last night in a big way. Aaron and I think that it changed the entire trajectory of the game. The Philadelphia Eagles did end up pulling things off over the Minnesota Vikings. The Eagles got a little help uh, from that rule, in fact. Triple Eight say ESPN, if you want to join the conversation, Real quick, Justin from North Carolina. We don't have much time, but I want to give you 30 seconds and get you in here because I heard you think this rule is good and you might be the only person on planet Earth. Go ahead, Justin. That may be true. So just an alternative perspective here. It's really rewarding the defense for an unforced error. So similar to basketball, if you dribble the ball off your foot and goes out of bounds, you shouldn't get the ball back. It goes to the other team. So alternatively, it's not the premise of the rule was probably not to uh, – to get rid of people trying to force a fumble out the back, but to reward a defense for a play or an unforced error that happened from the offense. It shouldn't be rewarded back the ball in that setting. What do you think about that explanation, Goldhammer? I mean, if the ball goes out of bounds, though, at the one-yard line, the ball stays at the one-yard line, you know? So what's the difference when it crosses the goal line. Like, that's our issue with it, Amber. If they decided we're just going for more turnovers in the league, right, Mm -hmm. then you could say any time you fumble out of bounds that the other team gets the ball or whoever touched it last gets Mm -hmm. the ball or something like that. The problem is in one blade of grass, you get the ball first and goal at the one probably or whatever down it is. And another blade of grass, it's a turnover to the other team. Like that to me is is totally I I can't get over it. I just can't believe that in 2023, this is still a rule. It is what bothers me is that there's only one place that you have this result from the like the fumble out of bounds is not a problem anywhere else on the field. And that component of this does not make sense to me, because what you said, if you're just trying to stop. Right. Hey, sloppiness. We need to keep the ball in play. We don't want people being able to, you know, fumble. Fine. Well, then that's true if you fumble on the 52. Then it goes directly to the other team. So, so, All Amber, of it's can, stupid, though. You, you talked about fumbling on purpose. What, what happens with this? 
What happens if there's a loose ball in the end zone and the defense just tries to knock the ball out of bounds so that then they get control of it? Well, if they can't recover it, what if they just try to, you know, now there is an illegal batting penalty. I think we're getting very deep into the rules right now. (laughs) Oh, this is the weeds. Have have you ever seen an illegal batting? We've saw it. We've seen an illegal touching, I think, recently, but I don't know about an illegal batting. I'm going to have to look this up. Let's get to more callers and then I'll get back to you. Illegal batting. In the NFL, results in the loss of 10 yards, uh, 10 yards as well at NCAA. I mean, this is, yes, uh, but what is, not is something that I recall. If you try to knock the ball out of bounds in the end zone to try to get yes. the ball back for your defense, it's, is that an illegal bat? Well, yeah, I think so, because an illegal bat is defined as any player bat or punches, bats or punches the loose ball in a field of play. It can occur anywhere on the field, including in the end zones. But it has they to be They normally occur during fumbles. Teams yeah. are trying to recover okay. the ball. Many miss the ball. Then not, you know. So, yeah, it's it's basically like you're not going to be able to punch it out in right. order to do what but you're what suggesting because you there's a remedy for that. It? Is that an illegal batting or is that illegal kicking? <laughs> now we're going again, again. We need, to we get need an official. official. Where is our guy? Uh, who's the guy? From, John Perry. Where's our guy yes. from Monday Night Football? Dial him up. We need him. Give, give him us a call. Give, give us a call, John. I'm sure you're listening to Amber and Ian uh, with Aaron Goldhammer here on ESPN Radio. Triple H, say ESPN. Many of you are, in fact, listening, even if you're not officials. 888-729-3776. We appreciate you when you join the conversation. Let's get to some more of your phone calls. Paul is calling us from Sacramento. Paul also likes this rule. Go ahead, Paul. Oh, my God. What's up, Paul? (laughs) What's up, guys? Illegal batting. I love it. I want to see what the referee's signal for that is. It's like a jazz hands or something. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) I'm just... I want to see that. I want to see that often. But check it out. I'm not, like, in love with the rule, but I have something just to play devil's advocate, okay? Cause, so check it out. If a player can put no part of their body in the end zone, but a little tip goes over some imaginary line, then there has to be some sort of consequence for them trying to reach for that over the top. So, like, that's my thing. If, if any player can just tip it over that imaginary line and get a touchdown, there's going to be a consequence for that. So that makes it – not to take that risk to dive and jump out for that extra touchdown or that yard or jump over but the, the line. But, but Paul, here, can, can, can I just explain one thing? If the first down line is the same kind of imaginary line as the end zone line, okay? It goes around the world. It's all the same concepts that we all heard when we were kids when our parents were explaining football to us, okay? Now, it, the first down line, though, Amber, you fumble the ball. The ball goes out of bounds. It goes back to the spot where it was fumbled. Correct. But for some reason, for the end zone, when you've already traveled 99.99999% of the field, all of a sudden in that spot, not only is there punishment, but it is punitive punishment. It is cruel and unusual punishment. It is a turnover. <laughs> it is cruel and unusual. Goldhammer has that right. By the way, the signal for an illegal bat, since you guys brought it up, uh, is shown by pointing to both shoulders. If you're dealing with an illegal kick, you will also need to add an extended toe in a kicking motion. The referee Uh. will also point to an outstretched arm to the offending (laughs) team. So there you go. You got to be a dancer. 
to be able to call the illegal kick. You got shoulders on the, you got yeah. hands on the shoulders, and you're doing the hokey pokey. And you, <laughs> you're turning yourself around. That's why we don't see that call often. Triple H, say ESPN. Who are all these people liking this rule? What is happening? Dwayne is calling what? us from Phoenix. This is hey, bizarre, Dwayne. Dwayne. How do you up, like Dwayne? this thing? Hey, hey, how you doing? Hey, I love your show. But hey, I want to give you another ankle. Let's say that the team is backed up to the one-yard line, and the ball carrier comes across the goal line trying to go uh, downfield, and he's hit, and he fumbles the ball backwards, and it goes out of bounds. To safety. Not only is it a, not only is it a turnover, but it's two points to the defense. So, the opposite way, all they're doing is making it a turnover. Well, I like the rule. Yeah, but but hold on. The 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 safety is because you're all the way back against your own goal line. Right. Like you let the ball go through your opposite. own. Like it's so, I understand said, punishment for that. It's what you said a moment ago, where you said you have traveled for the touchback ninety nine point nine nine percent of the field, and then and then for that. For right. all of that offense being right. successful, then you get punished for a simple mistake at the end. For Justin Jefferson's hand, yes. just not having full possession as he crosses the plane where he starts losing the football because he's flying through the air in order to cross the plane. Yeah. That is what we punish and punish punitively. Punish, give the other team possession with 20% of their field gone that yes. they have to now cover, they only have to go 80 yards to get there. And for people that don't know, Amber Wilson is a licensed attorney in the state of Florida. <laughs> Not sure what is, that has to do with anything. She, also hold, licensed hold on. She in is the, the state per- of Georgia, but let's go. <laughs> <laughs> she is the perfect person to go to court and argue this issue. There you go. And to me, it is like giving somebody a year in prison for like jaywalking or something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like, wait a second, the... The, the punishment and the infraction just aren't aligned with each other at all. Whereas to me, when you get tackled in your own end zone or the ball goes out of bounds, like, hey, like that's a safety. Holding in the end zone is also a safety, and it's two points, and it's you're a free kick. To, in, that, in that sense, you're rewarding the defense. In that scenario, you are rewarding the defense for being so staunch that they're able to get a tackle in your own end zone, right? Like, that is right. the reward. Instead of the, rewarding in this other the scenario, defense for doing their for job doing poorly. For doing right. nothing. Right. Like, that's my problem. Like, now we're just rewarding the defense no, for nothing. Amber, they did their job poorly because the ball is all the way near the goal. It's almost across the goal line. All right. Triple eight say ESPN. Let's talk to somebody more rational who doesn't like this rule. Mike is calling us from Tennessee. Hey, Mike, save us. What do you have? Hey, and I just wanted to add to the other argument on the other side. It's not rewarding because they're assuming that they still have possession of the ball. Hence why if it's it fumbled out of bounds, it is considered a safety. So the other way around, though, on my argument is the way that I would settle this rule is simple. If they, they're at the five-yard line and they fumble the ball, regardless, if it comes out, it rolls at the one-yard line or it crosses the end zone, the ball is put back where they lost possession. Yeah, Simple. Everybody can agree with that and we can be happy and move forward. Mike, I totally, I totally agree. And Amber, do you understand what Mike was saying there is imagine if when you fumbled the ball and it went out of the end zone, it was a touchdown. 
Right. Like, that's the logic that they're applying here. They're assuming when it's back against your own goal line that you maintain possession of the ball and the ball goes out of bounds and that's why it's a safety. It's like getting tackled in the end zone. Applying the touchback rule logic to being back against your own goal line would be saying, well, what if we the ball got fumbled out of bounds and we just handed a touchdown? Right. We just award Justin Jefferson gets a touchdown for fumbling it. I understand exactly what you're saying there. You're right. Uh, There is certainly uh, it's not that the the existence of the rules. It's illogical with what you're applying in order to create these rules. I still think, though, that if you're talking about fumbling and just going back to the point of where the ball was fumbled, it may not be punitive enough because this rule exists for some reason, right? Like this rule exists to prohibit something. And again, I think it's to prohibit the game planning of, Hey, if we fumble at the one who cares, we'll get possession back at the one. And so at least if you then go, okay, we don't want this to be part of game plan. We don't want Justin Jefferson to be fumbling through the end zone every time. If he can just get the ball back at the one. So let's go ahead and give it back at the 20 like that. I could live with, but I cannot understand giving it back to the defense. Amber, let me get this right. Do do we have phone lines full of people who like this rule? Uh, no, we have phone lines right now somehow full of people who like this rule. Triple H, say ESPN. Aaron and I may think you're crazy, but we're still going to take your calls because we love when you chime into the conversation, even if it is to disagree with us. 888-729-3776. Coming up, we'll get to some more of your calls. Aaron Goldhammer and I do not like or love the touchback rule in the NFL. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive Insurance. No Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. Aaron Goldhammer in the saddle instead at Hammer Nation 19. That is how you find him at Amber W Sports. That's how you find me. Let's bring in some help with all things NFL. Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter, joining us here on Amber and Ian. And Jeff, thanks so much for your time. Do you like the touchback rule or is it the dumbest rule in all of sports <laughs> the, the, are you talking about what happened with justin jefferson yes yes dumbest rule in all of sports literally yes. the, the, i almost i feel like every time it happens i like have to run to social media like like it's i'm trying to fix to some problem by declaring it the dumbest rule in all of sports and last night i was so over it that i just did i it's like i just had something better to do thank god but like it is the worst rule it is so stupid how do we how do we get there every single year where we continue to call that like a turnover and a touchback? That I mean, that is the most penalizing thing you could possibly do way beyond, say, pass interference at the one-yard line. Yeah. Why not just give the other team like 14 points if that happens and call it a banana <laughs> while, while you're at it? I mean, it's basically Jeff, what they did last night with the Eagles, by the uh, way, because they want to run you, out. You, you, what, you what's cover... the answer? Isn't the answer just like put it on the tw- – like, I back them up to the 20. It yeah. is anything. Back or, them up to the 20 and give them fourth and 20. <laughs> like, or, 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 anything. Like, anything is better than this. Jeff, you've covered a bunch of these league meetings and stuff. I always see you doing the live shots from there. Yeah. So so why doesn't the league do anything about this? Because I don't know. She's so right. It's in front of the competition committee every year. We never. It's one of those things when it happens in the moment, you're like, this is so stupid and so ridiculous. And then, you know, the season ends and the league meetings happen and you're like, oh, there's way more important stuff to worry about. But then every year that comes up again and you're like, God, why don't they fix that? I don't know. It's like everything else in my life. 
All right, Jeff, I'm going to need you right now. I'm going to need you to go into your phone. I assume you're an iPhone man. I'm going to need you to put a calendar alert in your phone for the owner meetings, the next owner meetings for you right. to ask them. Next or, March at right, some next fancy March. hotel where yes. Jeff is broadcasting from. So, yeah, so you remember staying. this moment with the Justin Jefferson. Why does this happen? Ask somebody. Yeah, exactly. We, we worry about it when it's a problem. You know, right. it's like my air conditioner right now. I know it's going to break. Well, that's, well, that's, I mean, it's Florida, Jeff, Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter joining us here on Amber and Ian. All right, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers uh, so that the silent alarms don't go off at ESPN because we haven't mentioned him in a few (laughs) minutes. He spoke today. Uh, What did you make of his comments? He he sounds uh, pretty committed to the idea of making a return. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I know there was also some talk of him trying to make a return this year. not to be the doubter, but that would be a very, I mean, I, that's, that's a, that would be unbelievable if he were to actually find a way to come back like later in the season um, during the playoffs or something. I, but yes, yeah, so I, I mean, I fully, I really believed that Aaron Rodgers was committed beyond this season, regardless injury or not. I know he's got a long road in front of him, but um, it, it's, it, to me, he it was enjoying his time so much with the Jets in, in New York that there was no way that this was going to be the end of it. We're, we're going to get Aaron Rodgers on the field as a New York Jet. Um, it's just unfortunate, I think, for sports. Whether you're a fan of Aaron or not, I think it would have been a good story this year just to see what would have happened with him with the Jets. Jeff, turning the page for the Jets, I'm a little surprised that they have wedded themselves so deeply to Zach Wilson now as their quarterback. Um, how, how much of that is real and how much of that is just talk? Uh, I think it is, well, I, it is real, but that's not to say that they haven't had the conversations internally. Like what, what is the road, what is the best path for us? And, you know, maybe making the call to Tom Brady, which they didn't do, you could make an argument that that would have been the most practical, um, move to make in terms of getting someone who's a uh, obvious playoff postseason style quarterback. But I mean, that would mean that Tom would want to do that. And there's no sense that he would want to do that. I, I just think that they have to look at themselves in the mirror and say, we're in the, we're into this season. I mean, there was like, I know we were talking, they were talking on get out this morning and in some other places about like trading for Kirk cousins. That's just not really practical. That's not in the plans for the Vikings right now. And that's not really something where a quarterback can just step in, like in my opinion, can step in in week two of a season and suddenly take a team where they were going to go with Aaron Rodgers. So I think basically it's just Zach Wilson's the most familiar with the system, and that's kind of just the bed that is currently made for them. Jeff Darlington joining us on Amber and Ian. Aaron Goldhammer in tonight for Ian Fitzsimmons. I didn't think the Eagles looked great last night. I mean, they obviously the Vikings end up showing a lot of tenacity. It, it was further. Yeah. The score was more dominant in the second half than the final score ends up showing. But even with that, I mean, the Vikings did everything they could to lose that game, kept coughing the ball up. The numbers for Jalen, they don't jump off the page. Mm-hmm. The Eagles also a close win in week one against the Patriots. What do you make of them so far through a couple weeks of the season? I don't disagree, but I also think that they're a team that we we learned enough about last year that I think they'll get their legs under them. I know they started hot last year, and maybe that's the reason for the expectation to be the same this year, but 
so much is going to change between now and the end of the season. And, um, you know, I, when you see teams like, I mean, even, even the Chiefs struggling, like I think they'll figure it out a little bit. These are just teams that have such good infrastructures right now that they'll figure it out. Um, but, you know, I just think it's going to take a little bit of time. I, I don't disagree, though. I, I think they did look pretty sloppy. Jeff, uh, there were three teams that I think a lot of people had projected for the playoffs. Giants, Steelers, Bengals, who got blown out in week one. Who were you most right. concerned about? Oh, I would say the Steelers. Well, I mean, the Gi- <laughs> I didn't expect the Giants to maybe make – and both of those are good. I guess I should say the Bengals because they're a team that I have – high expectations for, but they've also been late bloomers too the past two seasons and have gotten hot at the right time. Um, The Steelers, I guess I was just a little disappointed about. I thought that they were just going to be a better team and didn't show up really in any regard. Uh, I was at that game and I just never felt like Kenny Pickett did any of the things we saw from him in the preseason. Najee Harris was still like largely ineffective. So I just, I think I was most disappointed because I thought that the Steelers could be sneaky in that division. And they sort of revealed, albeit still just in one game, that maybe our expectations were a little lofty for them. Jeff Darlington joining us here on Amber and Ian. Going back to the Eagles for for just a, a quick minute here on your way out. A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts, they had a heated argument on the sidelines. What did you make of that? Anything to worry about? I don't know. I'm not the type to just be like, oh, that's the competitive spirit, which is what we do when guys are really good. <laughs> and if it's like things are kind of a – like if that happened with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs tomorrow, we would not say it was the competitive spirit. Be like, there's a real problem. I don't think there's a problem. It would take more for this to, uh, to really fester, but I'm certainly watching it. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, guys. Interesting little moment during that Eagles game. Hasn't gotten a lot of coverage, not nearly as much as Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen. We'll see what if there's anything brewing there. Coming up next, we go back to Aaron Rodgers. Why Aaron Rodgers may rise again sooner than we thought.